Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome back to the program. As I told you in the last segment, we are continuing to follow these two major stories throughout the day. The first, obviously, is the impeachment of the President of the United States of America. Right now, uh, the Democrats, led by Adam Schiff, are making their case against the President. Uh, Come the day after tomorrow, we're going to hear from the President's defense uh, for a few days. Then it'll be up to the Senate to decide uh, how they take it from there. Uh, The other story, as you well know, you've been hearing throughout the morning, the Governor, along with the President of the Senate and the Speaker of the Utah House, Brad Wilson, they sent out a press release announcing something pretty significant. They have announced the full repeal of SB 2001. That's that big tax bill we've been uh, talking about for a number of weeks. It was passed in special session on December 12th of last year, and since then, there has been an effort undertaken uh, by Fred Cox and others to get all the required signatures to uh, place that question on the ballot. Well, uh, the leadership up in the State House, along with the governor, uh, they said, you know what, let's Let's start over. Uh, Let's take this off the table. Let's get together with everyone involved and see if maybe next year we can come up with a a new plan. It's the exemplification, I think, of a beautiful process. I'm very happy uh, that the citizens here, uh, that we have had the opportunity to speak up uh, and that the voices that have made their way up to the Capitol have been heard and responded to. Regardless of where you stand on this issue, it's pretty impressive that we live in a state where that type of communication is possible. So, in this segment, I'm going to talk to you about the zoo. Uh, a friend of mine back in studio, Erica Hansen. How you doing? Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm well. Thank Good you. Good to see you. Uh, likewise. Listen, I we get press releases, right? You know how you used to work oh, here. Oh, yeah. Uh, I've worked an assignment yeah. desk before, so I know how exhausting the press release chain is. And every once in a while, uh, there are some press releases that do catch my eye. This morning, one caught my eye. And it is because an accusation has been leveled against the zoo by one of these animal activist groups. Uh, this one called In Defense of Animals. Their claim is that on a list of the top ten worst uh, habitats for uh, the worst zoos, rather, mm-hmm. uh, maintaining uh, habitats for elephants at Hogel Zoo uh, is up on that list, number eight. They say that the conditions are poor, that things are cramped up there for uh, Christie and Zuri. Uh, and so I I said, oh, shoot, I don't know what to do exactly with this one. I want to make sure, though, that the zoo has the opportunity to, uh, to either defend itself or say whatever it will in re- response to this. So here we are having this conversation. Now. Well, and I'm glad you reached out because what happens with these organizations <clears throat> is they make their accusations, but they don't bother to come and ask us, hey, you know, tell me about your exhibit. Tell us why two elephants. They don't ever ask us. They just 
print it. I don't even know if they've been to the zoo. I would have given them a tour. I would have taken them behind the scenes, introduced them to our keepers and veterinarians. But they didn't. Staff. They never. They never picked up the phone. They, they never, never do. Swung by the zoo. They put this list out. This is in defense of animals. They put this list out every year, yeah. and they like to just kind of drop a bomb and then brush their hands and walk away. I don't even know if they've been to our zoo. Frankly, they never make their presence known. But, you know, they leveled some accusations that are just completely unfounded. And we completely disagree um, with all of it. So a couple of their points were you only have two elephants. ACA standards, we're a member of the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. And we just got reaccredited this year. We take it very seriously. Um, they do call for three Elephants, they're a social species, and we know this. So, Dari, our matriarch, passed away in 2015. She was a very, very elderly animal. Sure. And we're working on getting a third elephant, but you can't just go to a pet store and get an elephant. It's a, it's a laborious process. We work through the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, the Species Survival Plan, to find, you know, elephants that are available in accredited zoos to find the right match for our girls. So that is something that we are working on. What's that process like? Uh, do, do you? That's fascinating. That's I hadn't thought about this question. until you brought this up. Yeah, are you SSP, auditioning? Uh, well, elephant? we'd like that. Cattle <laughs> call, right? Um, with the SSP is like a massive computer dating system for animals in AZA accredited zoos. So they they don't want any inbreeding. They don't want any anything like that. They don't want any animal overrepresented because we want to keep the populations clean and healthy. Right. And then it's a matter of how many elephants have been born in North American accredited zoos this past year. Elephants are pregnant for two years. So we're not getting big litters, you know, so to speak, of elephants. So you can only choose from the elephants that are available, that are of the right age to be weaned from their mothers and that kind of thing. So that can take years. T- tell us about what life is like for Christy and Zuri. Those are the two elephants. It's mother and daughter pair. Mother and daughter. Christy's What's life 33. like up there for them? Zuri's 10. Uh, you know what? They have a great life. And anybody who's watched a good old David Attenborough special on Animals in the Wild. Do, you, do, do, your da- do your Did best, you like David. my David Attenborough? Yeah. That's, that's give my me best. A few, give me that's a few minutes of David. David. <laughs> no, see, that's what I'll do. I'll come in and distract you with my accent. There you go. They have a great life. They are so loved and adored, not just by our community. You know, the zoo is in existence here in Salt Lake because of elephants. It was a circus elephant named Princess Alice who came through town. And the kids at the time, 1916, raised $3,000 of nickels and pennies to start a zoo. And Princess Alice is the reason we have a zoo and we've had elephants ever since. So we have a long history with zoos or, or with elephants and we're really proud of we've had elephants the whole time. So they're adored by not just our community, but of course our keepers and our veterinary staff. Keepers go into their profession because it's very much a calling. They're not making six figures. I promise you that. They all have college degrees. They love animals, and that's why they're zookeepers. Nobody loves those animals more than the staff at Hogle Zoo. So I can promise you they're in great hands, and they get great care. Last time you and I spoke, uh, it was an unfortunate uh, death, which brought us together. Uh, A giraffe there up at the zoo had passed away. Uh, You and I spoke about the relationship between these keepers and their animals. It's uh, 24 hours a day, full-time job. Absolutely. And they develop relationships. How are your keepers doing? I mean, the giraffe keepers or my elephant keepers? Giraffe keepers are doing okay. You know, we went in about a week after Pogo passed away, and we did a Facebook Live. And we just wanted to take people into the barn and, and show them 
face to face with some of our keepers and show them the giraffes that we have. And, you know, it's just always a tough time anytime you lose an animal. But because of the great community support and some support amongst the staff, you know, they're 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 excited for the next yeah. chapter. So we'll see what that is. Well, very good. Uh, so Christy, Zuri, they're all happy and Christy healthy. And Zuri are great. Uh, this Come visit defense. them. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Well, what's going on up at the zoo these days? You know, the zoo's open year round. A lot of people forget that we're only closed. Yeah, we're only closed Christmas Day and New Year's Day. So there's always stuff happening up there. And weather like this... Um, it's such a great time to come up to the zoo because you have the zoo to yourself, but you get all these really great animal experiences because the animals are more curious about why you're here. Most of the animals are out. I mean, it's not that cold outside yeah. today, so it's a great time to come to the zoo. And also, every time you come to the zoo, a portion of those proceeds help animals in the wild. And that's another reason that we love our elephant girls up there because they've helped draw attention to the poaching crisis that's going on. You know, 96 elephants are killed a day for their ivory. And zoos and the AZA organization is really helping to stop that crisis. Erica Hansen from the Hogle Zoo. I'm grateful to you for joining Thanks me here in the studio me. today, of course. Uh, reporting that Christy and Zuri uh, are happy fine. and healthy. Come visit. <laughs> and, uh, and you ought to go check them out up at the Hogle Zoo. Thanks again for Thank being you. with us here in studio. Uh, listen, there is so much more to cover. We have about an hour left in the program today. In the next segment, we in studio will be joined by Abby Huntsman, uh, whose father is John Huntsman Jr. As you know, he's running for governor. She made... Uh, a pretty big career shift recently. She left uh, New York City after being a cast member on The View for a long time. She'll be now uh, serving as an advisor to her father as he attempts uh, to regain uh, the governorship here in the great state of Utah. She's going to tell us uh, a little bit about her decision to come back here to Utah as well as uh, her campaign's reaction to all these uh, tax changes that have happened uh, really in just the past few hours since that uh, uh, stunning announcement from the governor along with the leadership in the legislature. That's all coming up as well as uh, I think we've got a little bit of Adam Schiff. Uh, he's still on the floor of the United States Senate making his case uh, against the president. There he is. Will deter Russian yeah. adventurism, end quote. A clear reference yeah. to Russia's usurpation of Ukrainian territory. And I don't mean to make light of what's going on in the Senate. I am just absolutely astounded by the, the stamina of these folks to just for hours on end make their uh, case against the president. Uh, that'll be just for a, a short time. And then in about a day and a half from now, it'll be the defense's turn. Uh, and they will take the microphone and will be then uh, treated to the defense of the president. Uh, so that's that. Uh, grateful again to Erica Hansen for joining us in this segment. Next up, it's Abby Huntsman here in studio on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.